0: Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to the pre-match social. It's the deadly duo this week. It's myself and AJ. Uh, No Carl, no Sam, no Yaro. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. I might actually might put that in. Maybe copyright infringement. Yeah, I think think it's all
1: right if I sing it, but I don't know if we can. If we could put it in from a copyright point of view, mate, you might get in trouble.
0: should, Should we do the whole song? She would sing the whole song? just.
1: Uh, I don't know how well I know it. We could maybe try and do the Dr. Evil version. <laughs> or the Will Smith version. Oh, the yeah. Will Smith version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a bit more cheerful than the last time it was just the two of us, mate. After the old... Yeah. After Joe Jack left. Jack
0: left. Yes, yes, that was... Um... Yeah, <laughs> I remember it well, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, no, I think... Uh, well, we're on the on the verge, obviously, of a new era... Steven Gerrard and his backroom staff at the helm. Brighton at home on Saturday. We've seen his interview. Uh, we've seen the, the formal announcement of his backroom team. Um, we'll obviously be previewing that game. Uh, it's going to be a, a, probably an abridged version of, of the pod this week, uh, just because of the guys aren't here. So probably won't be doing, for example, the hero and villain of the week. But we, there's, a, there's a bit oh, of there's news that. out don't there.
1: Don't say that. Everyone's going to turn off
0: now. All oh, right. <laughs> there's no Carl. There's no swearing. I know you. How much you love that? Um, but yeah. So uh, well, let's start then. Let's let's just get straight into it. Let's do the uh, new stories of the week. It's time from from the stands of Villa Park. So, uh, well, not loads to talk about, but a few things. a Few key key things. Uh, obviously, the formal announcement of the backroom team. Uh, as we expected, but also um, confirmation that um, some of the existing coaches are staying on. So Cutler, uh, Aaron Danks, and are uh, staying on. Uh, does that does that indicate to you that there were more more Johan Langer appointments rather than a Dean Smith appointment? Uh, I don't,
1: I don't know. Um, you can read between the lines on that, can't you? Um, I, I mean, first off, I think it's great news that. Gerald's got his full backroom staff because when we uh, did the pod last week, that wasn't confirmed, although we thought it was going to happen, but there hadn't been any official confirmation. I assume they were all negotiating their individual contracts and stuff, so they hadn't confirmed it. But as we said last week, from what uh, we know about Gerald at Rangers, uh his backroom staff were um absolutely key um especially Michael Beale and of course it's Gary McAllister it's good to have him back he's yeah. very experienced uh knows the club um and I think did a reasonably good job in fairly difficult circumstances last time he was here uh to be fair as well so um yeah great great news on that front and then on on the coaches that are, are staying um yeah I mean I guess McPhee's not been in the role for very long uh so um obviously he's had a bit of a at best i would say mixed uh performance Uh, (laughs) and so we are we are more threatening from set pieces than we were last season but we're also conceding uh more chances from set pieces than we were last season i think the interesting thing about that as well is that there's one i can't remember his name but there's there's one of um uh, Gerard Staff who uh, was doing he he's not a set piece coach but from what I've read was doing most of the work uh, at Rangers on defending and also on corners um, both defending is that the
0: and attacking te- 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 technical coach yeah technical coach yeah. from
1: what I've read yeah. he certainly corners which obviously yeah. is a type of set piece uh, he was doing most of the work on, on corner routines and defending corners and, and that sort of stuff so um, i guess it'd be interesting to know how all of that work gets gets distributed um i mean i suppose part of it could be uh, whilst we're not short of money when you've only hired a guy 3 months ago it's probably quite expensive to get to get, to get rid of him so maybe it's uh, true, true maybe it's cheaper just yeah. to keep it around but it'd be interesting we now do seem to have gone from a situation where we felt after O'Kelly and Terry left. That we might be a bit light on the coaching front. To <laughs> now we seem to have no. about eight eight coaches working with the first team. So be interesting. Aston in a third team. Yeah, be interesting to see how all that works works out. Maybe we'll have a yeah. coaching version of the bomb squad eventually.
0: Yeah. Uh, well yeah I didn't think of it that way but yeah Tom Colshaw is his name that's his know. name I thought I it was Tom
1: really. something but I was I could only think of um, the what's his name the male is he a male journalist Tom Colomus or whatever his name is yeah that's what yeah, kept I, I coming think into said. my name into my head and I knew that wasn't right so I didn't I didn't say it so yeah. thank you for looking that up
0: that's right I'm, I must say though I, I I had the same thought I thought um, we've gone we're pretty top heavy here in terms of coaches um, but yeah. you know some some uh, you've seen some teams Nuno for example at wolves had loads of coaches didn't he uh, you've other plenty of other managers who do have plenty of coaches so I guess we'll see and I, I suppose that's a bit a bit of um, solidity in a way having the three existing coaches stay on especially Cutler I think he's yeah. a big he's a big personality in the dressing room so I think that's probably a good move and obviously he's done wonders with the goalkeeper and he's got a great relationship with Martinez as well yeah. and obviously martinez who We'll talk about it a little bit um, in terms of the international break. Is is a massive part of our team and squad, albeit he obviously hasn't been at his best this season, probably. I mean, but still,
1: he's probably our best player now, isn't he? Like you know, yeah, uh, if yeah, hundred percent. You know, yeah, he's our only real world class player that we've still got. I'd say, um, yeah. But I think on the just to like round up on the coaches, I, I, I guess the number of them doesn't really matter. I think the thing has to be that as long as they've all got a very clear role. And it yeah. doesn't lead to you know different people saying different things uh, and confusing uh, what we're trying to do on the pitch. Um, but it sounds like Gerard runs a very tight ship on that front, so um, I think the instructions will be um, clear.
0: Yeah, uh, talking to Martinez. Obviously, there was the uh, international break um, and uh, quite a few Villa players involved. Uh, Martinez registered his fifth consecutive clean sheet for Argentina. Keeping Brazil Bay in a nil draw, they qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Um, and I saw some stuff in the in the, in the media about him wanting to become the best keeper in the world. And uh, you know his international form has been fantastic, albeit his club forms dipped a little bit. We we know what he's capable of on his day, so um, you know definitely as you said, he's probably our best player, probably our only world class player. Uh, Leon Bailey in action for Jamaica. They uh, they I think they drew one-one. Uh, Antonio scoring from them saw a lot of Villa fans who were commenting how poorly on Bailey was and almost writing him off Um, I think it's uh, a bit early for that yeah albeit he came came off as (laughs) well
1: (laughs) he came off as well didn't he Um, yeah uh, which um I won't name names but one of the Twitter accounts that likes to uh, draw a bit of attention to itself uh, suggested was a hamstring injury but from what I've seen was actually probably just a bit of cramp which you know he's not played much has he this season so um, not, not, to,
0: not to do not to do a call but I don't get why you would why create mass hysteria it has got numbers no reason, mate he's you... done numbers that's why Stupid I don't get it numbers. I don't get that um, Do not get that mentality
1: So yeah I mean obviously still a uh, a slight worry if he's cramping up and we talked about Buenzia cramping up last week as as well but you know it happens when you're not playing a lot of games and you've had to fly halfway across the world to play and all of that you know so um hopefully it's no it's nothing to worry about but
0: yeah yeah um Jacob Ramsey um continuing his impressive performances for the Englander 21s came off the bench uh they were losing through another time and uh I think they got back to three two with him on the pitch. But he was man of the match in the previous game as well. Yeah. Um and and plenty of people were impressed. And plenty of people who hadn't really seen him play before were impressed with how good he was. Um he continues his his rise. John McGinn obviously Scotland are through to the the playoffs. Um,
1: did you see uh, did you see his little back heel makes?
0: I didn't know. I did not see it. I it I heard about it but I didn't see it. Oh yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, oh, yeah,
1: they were playing Moldova or whoever it was. So you know, it's not not the best uh, opposition in the world, but a backheel megs is always uh, always delightful, and it led to a goal as well. So um, yeah, that was the uh, that was the pre-assist as uh, as they call it these days. His backheel megs, <laughs> pre-assist.
0: Where are we going to get to the pre-pre-assist? That's all I want to know. Mm. Um, no, that's great. Wish you could do that for Villa though. Um, been lovely to see, especially on Meg's. We've done Meg's watch for a while as well. So oh, uh, yeah, no, we've had
1: uh, we've had other news to talk about, haven't we? But maybe we'll, we are, maybe yeah. we'll have a look at Meg's watch next week.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll rekindle that next week. Um And then the only other notable mention is probably Matty Cash. Uh, last week, played for his first game for Poland. Came on, uh, sorry, came on, and then started a game. um And judging from Polish Twitter. Yes, I did go on Polish Twitter. Um, they were very impressed with him. Um and very pleased with his performances. And I think, I, I don't know if it was Garth Crooks or who it was, but someone did a, I think it was Garth Crooks, did a team of potential players that could miss out on the World Cup if their countries don't uh, qualify. And amongst Ronaldo and Haaland and Gareth Bale, was Matty Cash there a right back. So uh, interesting to see, obviously, uh Big name now. There's a big name in football now, Matty Cash. Now he's playing for. Now he's switched allegiances to Poland.
1: Well, I guess it's just, it's a bit of a story, isn't it? I imagine it will soon wear off. Um, But there's yeah, I guess it's just interesting. And as we've mentioned before, you know, sensible move for him because England have got 500 excellent right-backs and he's, uh, you know, whilst he's a good player for us, he's not going to get ahead of all of those guys.
0: No. Uh, And then the only bit of news is... uh, well, important news, really. Local derby, Aston Villa women's. Beat Birmingham City women's 1-0. A uh, game that I watched pretty much the entire game of, actually, uh, whilst I was waiting to get my uh, car washed on the on the phone, on the FA FA live player. Um, it was... a Villa were excellent. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but we created, especially first half, created so many chances. we really dominant. And, and really, ast- I mean, considering Villa and Blues were... Um, fairly close to each other in the table yeah. and fighting for similar positions last season. It was a, there was a big difference in class. I know it was only one nil, but you could see the difference in the way that we played football, the way that we passed the ball, how comfortable we looked in defence, the chances we created. Uh, well, the, even the, though we got a the set piece. The yeah, women's still.
1: team is uh is definitely moving in the right direction, isn't it? I mean, you know, they struggled a little bit last season and, you know, managed to stay up in the end, but they're comfortably mid table this season and it's always good to see any Villa team beat any, any Blues team isn't it?
0: Yeah and apparently they lost 2-1 today to Sheffield United oh. I've just seen so that there goes I didn't realise they were playing today so uh, yeah that's a shame is that the, is that the same Villa like it must, might be a Cat Cup match because it looks like a pretty changed team there um, I don't know anyway I'll leave that one alone <laughs> but yeah we beat, we beat Blues we beat Blues that's the most important thing Blues Oh yeah It looks like a cup match Continental League Yeah it's a Continental League Cup match So it looks like a might change side So we're still doing well in the league I think we're mid-table I think we're ahead of Man City as well So uh, It's pretty good going right Yeah Man City are Are an excellent team So uh, Yeah we're sixth In the table of 12 So Very good Very good Considering last season And uh, that's it really Any other I don't think there's any other news Any news from you AJ No not from me mate No Good Okay Let's move on then. So, uh, like I said, no, no hero and villain of the week this week because it's just not the same without Carl and his uh, his rants. Uh, so let's just crack on straight to uh,
1: vital statistics, ladies. Yeah! 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 Vital statistics, last
0: yeah! day. Vital
1: statistics, what
0: will, yeah! will that say? So AJ, what you got for us, mate? Let's preview the Brighton game.
1: Uh, well. Uh, a few things let's start with the usual head to head they're not a team we've played very many times because uh, obviously for most uh, most of our history we've been in different divisions um but we have got a positive head to head record uh, against them so we have won 13 lost 5 and drawn 9 so um even going all the way back to 1981 we've only lost once uh, in all of that in all that period over about 12 games uh, having said that we've not won any of the last three um one loss and two draws um in that um so I, I guess kind of kind of mixed um mixed news on on that front uh in terms of brighton's form though obviously they started the season very well with four wins out of five and they were flying pretty high in the in the league but they've kind of been gradually falling down the league since then they've not won in six um although they have only lost one of those six uh so five draws and one loss and that one loss was man city so um but a bit of a mix in those in those games because in the ones that they've drawn they've, they've managed to draw against arsenal and, and liverpool obviously arsenal looking good in form uh, and, and Liverpool um, doing very well this season as well. But they've also failed to beat Norwich and Newcastle uh, in that mix um, as as well. And uh, it's kind of kind of interesting because earlier in the season when they were playing those four games, um, they won those four games out of five, they were largely p- playing Mopay up front and he was causing problems and, and scoring goals. And they seem to have moved away from that and gone back to to playing a, a false nine, sometime, and Trossard quite often playing in that in that role. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, obviously I don't watch Brighton every week, uh, so it might be that, that Mopai's all, all-round performance wasn't wasn't there. But I mean, last season they were famous for always winning on XG but never never scoring, and you know their expected points would have put them sixth or seventh, and they ended up. F- finishing close to the relegation zone in the end just because they couldn't score goals. They seem to be falling back into that um into that habit. I mean they both the Arsenal and Newcastle games they absolutely battered them on xG um and ended up drawing the the games. Um and they they drew with Liverpool on uh, on xG as as well. So that you know that could have, have gone their way uh, in a in a tight game um as well. So I'm not sure why they, you know, they seem to be getting success out, out of actually playing with a with a striker and putting a bit of faith in in Mope, but they've they've moved away from it. So I'm I'm not sure why that is, but it, it seems to be less uh effective. Um so yeah, interesting that a bit like we have this season as well. They've switched a bit between a back 3 and a and a back 4. Um so it'd be interesting to see how they they turn up um and play against us, and then the other thing that's really interesting, I guess, is uh, uh, well, I suppose we don't know exactly what our style of play is going to be under Gerard, but it, it seems like from how he played at Rangers, certainly the shape is is unlikely to be radically different. He's he's talked about how he wants us to be more compact without without the ball um, and pay more attention to the the spaces between players and between between the lines. But certainly from the season so far, Brighton and uh, our style of play have been kind of polar opposite. So We talked before about the the direct speed measure, which is the measure of uh, how quickly you move the ball forward, how quickly you progress the ball. We are first on that measure, so we move the ball forward more quickly than anyone else, 2.05 metres per second. And Brighton are 20th on that, and they only move it forward 1.2. 0.04 meters per second, so about half the pace. And then they're also fourth uh, in the league in terms of the number of passes per sequence. So, uh, and we're fifteenth. They're third in terms of the sequence time, so the amount of time they spend uh, on the ball each time before they give it up. Whereas we're sixteenth, and they're fourth in terms of build-up attacks with 33 of those. So a build-up attack is any um, sequence of 10 passes or more. That leads to a a shot so Brighton have had 33 of those to be fourth in the league and we've only had eight to be 17th in the league so in terms of style of play we're almost like polar polar opposites they're very much about slow patient build up keep the ball um, uh, and uh, and try and build up gradually and, and find a shot that way, uh, whereas we are or have been, uh, under Smith at least, much more direct, um, much more about getting the ball forward as, as early uh, as possible um, to try and create uh, chances rapidly through, through transition. So um, it'd be interesting, I guess, to see those two contrasting styles play out against uh, one another um, depending, of course, on, on how much Gerard changes us or is, is able to change us, because with the international break, he, I think he's only going to have two days with the full squad. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think um, this is a team historically, a well, style of team that we've always really struggled against. I think um, a possession based, almost methodical in the way that they play type football. Um, and. Uh, look looking at the away game last season and even the previous meetings even though we beat them in our first season back I didn't think we were that great until no. um what's his name got off I've got his name now um uh, bold bold guy number 10 that they had there sold uh um, oh yeah he was dutch wasn't he was he dutch or something for guys dave now oh it's going to annoy me uh, uh, i can uh, see
1: him oh, hang on I'll look it up
0: um mm, 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 2019 they signed signing for man city or chelsea didn't they Aaron Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy, that's the one. He's not Dutch. The one. He looks like
1: he's Australian or Norwegian Australian. or something. Australian. I think he's Australia <laughs> I
0: think British was Australian. It's
1: a Dutch sounding name, you could forgive me for
0: uh... He's I think British was Australian. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I remember, remember that game. Even then we know we beat them. We weren't that didn't play that well. Uh, away at them, Really saved us with an equaliser last season. Uh at home. Obviously they beat us. Um and then away we somehow managed to get a draw out of that game. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure how we were awful that game. So yeah. historically a team that we've struggled against and the way that they play football, obviously Graham Potter did an excellent job. Uh, a, a coach that was obviously mooted for the for the Villa job. Uh, apparently a Villa fan, although I've seen mixed reports of that. Um, I've seen reports saying he's just a fan of Midlands football, which is a weird one. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, excellent coach, obviously, and, and instilled his philosophy on that team. How do you, I mean... You know, we've talked about Gerard's we'll, we'll touch on Gerard's interview in a minute he's talked about that obviously Gerard's only got 2 days uh with the, with the with the full squad what can you do in those 2 days what what how would you set up if you were Steven Gerrard given the time that he's had with the squad given the time you will have with the squad over the next couple of days uh, given what's happened over the past 5 games how how do you approach this game how do you what kind of shape do you employ what kind of tactics do you employ what, what kind of personnel do you employ
1: well um <sighs> It's a good it's a good question mate. Um the, the, uh, <laughs> I, I I guess I mean we have said all along that probably uh it looks like our best team if everyone's fit is some kind of 4-3-3. I guess we don't know how fit everyone is. Um is Louise going to be back? Uh, I guess we hope so and expect so. Um is Bailey going to be fit uh you know. So I Ings obviously was out before as well although he's obviously had a, another couple of weeks to to recover. So yeah, obviously it depends on on um injuries and, and stuff like that, but from what it seems like Gerard mostly played at um Rangers it's either going to be at like a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. I would go 4-3-3. I think the the back five there's not much debate about it. Um that that pretty much picks itself. Uh, and then in midfield, I, I would obviously I would go Louise and, and McGinn in there. And then the, the third one of those, again, you know, is Samson back? Is Gerald going to see more of him in training? I don't know. But as you say, Ramsey won man of the match for the under-21s. He's, for me, the man in possession. And then I, I would have Bailey on the left and Buendia on the right. And then one of, um, one of Ings or Watkins, and... Um, It doesn't really, I I think, you know, uh, arguably um, Ings uh, has been better this season and looked more of a goal threat. But but there are other strings to Ollie's bow, I I guess, particularly in terms of his his press and and so on. So um, I I think it's, it's, I don't think the system and the personnel, basically, I guess in summary, I don't think the system and the personnel are going to change radically. um, And given he's only going to have a couple of days to work with the team, I I'd, I'd be surprised if you know bar um a bit of the old uh, new manager bounce that uh, Sam was very confident that we would have on the, <laughs> on the last podcast but bar, bar that you know they're playing to impress a, a, a new guy coming in I, I don't think we can expect too too much to to change too radically in the in the short term um so yeah I don't know how do you see it mate
0: yeah, I think similar. Similar to be honest, I think um, I think this game is really important. Though I think um, we've got it, it really tough fixtures coming up. So we've got this game in Crystal Palace, and then the fixtures get progressively harder. Um, and before you know it, we could be on a really bad losing run, not just the five games. So I think it's important we try and get something out of this game. Um, the crowd would obviously be up for it. New manager. Um, it should be an exciting atmosphere. Hopefully. Um, although the international break does ruin it slightly because I think whenever the international break happens, I think fans come back and it's always a little bit subdued post-international break, I've, I always found. But um, hopefully it's not like that. Uh, I, th- I think the key really is Dougie Louise for me. I think if yeah. he's playing, I think we can play that four three three formation pretty confidently and and uh, I would play McGinn and Ramsey in that three, definitely. Um and I think Buendia was probably our best player. Well, was our best player against Southampton, which was seems ages ago now. Um, well, second
1: second half when he went to the right. Second half, first yeah, second half, first half. first half, yeah. half, well, first half was everyone a, was terrible. Yeah, he was anonymous, he was wasn't he? Entirely he was an anonymous, anonymous. Yeah, um, yeah, so, um, yeah,
0: but I, I mean, definitely, I think you know that that was pretty um, promising from a villa perspective, I think the fact that he's got that he had that in his we know we've finally seen what he's got in his locker. You know, yeah. we've seen him do it in the Premier League before. It's not like he's an unknown quantity and he hasn't been in the league before. Um so maybe he took some time to find his feet. But I would definitely start him. Uh I would play Watkins on the left and i would play Ings up front. Yeah. That's the way I would go. And I and I would not be surprised to see Gerard play Watkins on the left quite often. Uh it's not like it's not like Dino who was wedded to the fact that D that Watkins was what was a striker. Um, you know, obviously Gerard can, as we talked about before, you know, he can um, embed his own ideas uh, and how he thinks the squad should play. Uh, and there's no, there's no, there's no link to what's happened in the past. You know, it's not like Dino where he would have probably given Watkins his word to say, yeah, you're my main guy. You're my striker. Gerard has never said that to Watkins. He can do what he likes, basically. So, yeah, uh, I think, I think that would probably be the way I go. And then, you know, try and get back, get back. Back five. And I think I think we play a 4-3-3, I think you see the likes of Target being a little bit more protected, having to do less running up and down the flank and probably put in a better shift, better performance as well.
1: Well, I mean, except that it, it seems like Gerard is very keen on his fullbacks uh, getting forwards, even in that 4-3-3 three, three, uh, system. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what what happens there. I mean, Matt Cash will do that naturally anyway, Um. Mm. I think you know we talked about uh, last time that actually Matt Matt Target has the best creative numbers in the squad at the moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Despite the fact, but we
0: we know know that he we know he can he can he can cross the ball, he can put in good balls, and he can do well. well Yeah. We have also
1: we we have also spent a lot of time moaning about the poor quality of delivery from sure, sure. But I I I do I do think he has. Sorry. Go go on. Go on. on, No. no, Go go on. No. You go 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 on. Thank you. I
0: was going to say I think I think the fact that he's I I suppose this is the problem if if Gerard does want these. Uh, dynamic fullbacks then that probably doesn't suit target because I think when he played with Grealish um, he was he was almost given the time to either recover if we lost the ball or uh, to get up with the play uh, yeah. so it didn't mean it wasn't out of breath basically or it wasn't struggling and I think he does struggle a little bit on that side of things so it does impact in terms of you know you, know, you played football if you're doing a gut-busting run to get forward and you get to that position and you're you're done you, the the effort you're going to put into that ball or the ability you're going to have to put in that ball is going to be marginally reduced well my sorry significantly reduced so I do I think that I do think that impacts his uh, ability in forward position so hopefully that will change but yeah I d- I mean I don't think we'll see his the advancing full backs that we saw arranged straight away obviously because it's only been a couple of days but yeah, no I, th- I do think long, longer term yeah it's an issue.
1: He's been very clear that, and this was the same when he started at Rangers as well, that his priority is to try and stop us conceding as many goals. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to to see us uh, keep the, the full-backs a, a, a little bit more at home uh, for this as well. And, and the other thing as well, of course, it's, um, Tarek Lamptey is back for uh, and playing for Brighton uh, as well, who um, I suspect will um, keep Matt Target's hands very much... Uh, yeah, fault, um because yeah. he is a he is a real he's a real handful um of a player.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention him actually, but yeah, I think um he's only played I think he's only started one game this season for him hasn't he? So obviously he's been injured. So he's he's a massive player and he, and again a player who's done well against us in the past as well. So um I guess we will see. Um, talking of Gerard there uh, talking of um uh, how he's gonna how he's gonna set us up obviously he's only been in a few days we we've as we've discussed uh, what did you make of his interview uh, on on Villa TV um the I, other well, day
1: I, I thought he said all of the right things um I thought he was very good on you know the questions around Liverpool and all of that he's you know he's not he's not getting drawn into any of that and any of that um and uh, I thought he was um I th- it's a weird thing to say but I thought he seemed very grown up like if like one of the concerns is his lack of experience uh, as a as a manager as a coach obviously he's got years as a player of dealing with pressure and dealing with difficult questions as a captain and and all of that so he'll have had plenty of media training and all the all the rest of it so it's it's not it shouldn't it shouldn't be a surprise really um but you know he's he sounded like a manager uh, and he he answered all of the all of the questions well i thought but how much can you tell from from that i'd i don't, i don't know i suppose it provides a small amount of of reassurance and, and some of the things he says about the issues that there are in the squad are the are the same ones we've talked about it's encouraging that he's obviously spending time and has been spending time watching our games uh and going over the the videos and and all that sort of stuff um and i I thought it was a good move actually that they didn't rush that out you know sometimes that interview is the day they arrive and all of that he had a bit of time to get his feet under the table and have a look around the the place and uh get get to know what was going on before they before they put that interview um interview out and i thought that i thought that probably that probably helped so uh, yeah i mean i guess it impressed is probably too strong a word but um Reassured a little bit by it, um. Well, yeah. no, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still less than convinced. It's very much, you know, we're going to need to see his performance to know whether it's the right decision or not. It still feels like a, a risky one to me. And as you say, like I, I think we need four points out of these next two games, really, because you look at the fixtures that follow. You know if we if we lose the next two then we could that you know that'll be seven in a row we could be very easily staring down 10 in a row um and that's very hard that's very hard to come back from once you get on that sort of that sort of slide new new manager or or otherwise so um i uh, I think we really need minimum three and ideally four points from from the next two games.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, obviously, the press conference tomorrow as well to formally announce Stephen Gerrard and introduce him to the world. Um, so uh, we'll all be listening to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with all of that. I think the the, the two takeaways from me, uh, and you're right. You know, a lot of it is you know, like you said last time, it's a bit like new manager bingo, a new signing bingo. You know, they they say all the same stuff about big club, great fans, you know, all that kind of good stuff, which you expect. Iconic, here, he said, didn't he? That's iconic yeah. iconic. I, I didn't think we were going to do the Scouse accent this week, but yeah. obviously I was misinformed. I was quite good. Well, so Letting Sam's attempt. Someone, well.
1: someone actually congratulated me on my Scouse accent uh, when, I was, when I was chatting with them earlier. Was your, um, was your my, daughter? Uh, it, was, it was my friend Max, actually. If you don't mind, I'll come back to him because he told me a good Brighton-related anecdote uh, earlier. Which, All right, uh, let's regu- do it. Regular listener, so he'll, in, he'll enjoy it if, we, if he gets a mention. We'll come back to that.
0: Right, okay, we'll come back to that. Um <laughs> I feel like I want to hear it now, to be honest. You want me to do it right now? now? Yeah, do well, it right now. To, you were doing
1: you were doing two things and I didn't want to interrupt you two things. No, I suppose, you're good. Come, I can't. Let's do the, anecdote. It. Let's do the so, anecdote, come on. Um so my friend uh Max uh is from Bournemouth and uh, played for the for the junior cherries. Uh, and when Brighton were at their old grounds, uh they went and played uh Brighton there and then um I think it was before uh, a first team game. So they stayed on for the first team game uh and they got uh they got given some food. But rather than eat the food, him and his junior cherries uh, mates uh took it all and uh were throwing it at the Brighton first team first team <laughs> goalkeeper. Um and then got banned from the from the ground. So I don't know if he's still I don't know if he's banned from the Amex, because this was the older with Dean. So yeah. uh, I don't know if he's carried over from the the annex and it, it carries over, but he he only said he was banned from the from the with Dean. So uh, so there you go. That's
0: is it like uh, creating a new username on Twitter. Where, you know, you can try and get away with the ban. Yeah, we were they, trying they to, get
1: we were trying to figure out. It was around ninety one or ninety two. He said. So we were trying to figure out earlier today uh, which goalkeeper it was. We think it might have been Perry Digweed. Um, they had, three, <laughs> they had three uh goalkeepers at the time, Mark Beedy, Perry Digweed, and uh Jürgen Sommer, who was uh on on loan from Luton, but he, he thinks it might have been perry digweed that he threw stuff out and
0: uh Did you uh do you know what food plans. it
1: was? Uh let me just see. I've got the WhatsApp open here. Did he mention? Uh he said a platter of food, but he didn't specify oh. it. It was the nineties, oh. so I imagine, you know, bit of chicken, bit of garlic bread. That wouldn't it be no peri no
0: Perry, no peri peri chicken or anything like that, wouldn't it wouldn't have been on these shores yet, would it?
1: Oh no no, but that would have been that would have been good, wouldn't it? Throwing peri peri yeah. at peri. Wow
0: Yeah, that's that's what I was, you know, I think it would have been quite apt, but alright. Mm. Never mind Opportunity missed. Maybe if you saw him in the street you could uh, throw one at him and just say, Do you remember me? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Could do. Uh I d I don't know where I don't know where you'd find peri digweed these days.
0: Let's do some research, mate. That's what you're good at, aren't you?
1: Well, I did. I did briefly look him up on uh, on uh, Wikipedia, but it was a v- one of those very short entries where it basically just said Perry Digweed used to be a professional footballer. At the end, Write mm. yeah, right. I can't right, right look, in, too many right in on Twitter if you know the whereabouts of Perry Digweed, so we could all go <laughs> throw food. Food. Get at him on him. the pod. Get him <laughs> on the
0: pod. Let's get Max and Perry Digweed
1: on the. Pod, oh face yeah, to face. it could be like um, a surprise, surprise type. Uh, yeah, yeah, type yeah. Thing. This
0: is your. This is your life sort of type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah surprise prize would be better. Get silver Black on as well. She's a scouser, wasn't <laughs> she? Um Right, what was I going to talk about? What were my two points? I can't remember now. Well, that's oh, why I, I said re- I didn't want to interrupt I you, I remember, you, told, I remember, you. I remember, me, you I remember. You insisted
1: I remember. that I went with the anecdote straight away. No, so.
0: I, wanted, I wanted to hear it. You had my, you, you piqued my interest. I had to listen to it. I had to hear it out. Um, uh, yeah, yeah two, po- two points I took away from it was uh, the mention of distances between, you know, you talked about it already, but the mention of distances between the, the players, yeah which I think is key. Because if uh, is going to play with these advancing full-backs, he's going to have to rely on his number eights a lot to do the defensive work when we're pressing. Um, and we've seen with Villain a lot of the time when we do press uh, and when we get turned over, especially there's a massive gap between midfield and defence and it's been a big issue and been an issue this season as well. Uh, so I'd be interested to see how he, does, how he manages to fix that. Um, and apparently he's a big fan of McGinn as well. Um so I I wonder if we'll see him again playing his number eight role. Uh or maybe playing more advanced role,
1: maybe yeah. like a number well, ten. You can see some similarities uh, between them as players kind I mean obviously Gerald was a lot a lot better. <laughs> a lot yes. better. Sorry, sorry John. Uh but you know, he <laughs> was uh he was much, much better. But in terms of, you know, the big raking diagonal passes and the you know lung bust busting runs and all of that um energy and, and stuff there there are some similarities between them as as players uh, I think which again, you know, maybe John McGinn will will benefit from from that. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And then the the second thing was something I mentioned in the last pod was when I watched him on the high performance podcast with Jake Humphreys and he talked mm. about no excuse no excuse culture. He mentioned that again so obviously it's it's an important thing for him. Um, and, and I get the feeling, and I read something about him, how he digs out players if their heart rate isn't in the right zone for training. Yeah, I saw that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think it's going to be... Sounds, I awful. Know, sounds, sounds, sounds awful. Sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> sounds awful. I think, I think, I think <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see how it works in reality because um, I think he'll obviously come with a lot of respect given his name and who he was, so players will listen to him. Um, but, you know, it's very easy for one player to turn and then the rest to follow. So, well, I think okay. it's one of those things,
1: isn't it, where it, it you can be a sort of strict disciplinarian if you get results, um, yeah. and if you if you don't, then um, you know it won't it won't last. But I also saw something you talk. Maybe you mentioned this as well, but um, he's talked a little bit about the different types of managers that he's worked. Under yeah. and you know how Hulia is everyone's best mate, but Benitez was quite cold, and he sort of talked about how both of those things could be effective, uh, but it seemed like he was siding more with a Benitez type um, approach. <laughs> so I suspect he's he's not going to be everyone's um, best mate, um, and that might not be that might not be a bad thing, but it certainly will be a cult, significant cultural change from. Uh, Dean Smith's era uh because he you know obviously was very pally pally with the the players and um got got on really well with with everyone and you know in the end maybe that was part of, of his downfall as well I don't uh, I don't know um yeah. so yeah I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to to do that um but it does seem like there's going to be a shift in uh that in that attitude
0: yeah, yeah. I mean I thought obviously we've got the I think they do the twelve PM training sessions and I think wonder if that's gonna change them, Gerard they were doing that. because uh, Deed Smith was talking about how obviously players this uh, this era are different. They stay up later. Yeah. Uh, they don't go out as much, but they do stay up late watching films and playing games or whatever, whatever they wanna do basically. Um but I wonder if that will change. Um, and also, I think you know, it's like any work environment, isn't it? You need a combination of different personalities for mm. for it to work. So, you know, Gerard may be a little bit cold and may, a bit of a disciplinarian, but who say Michael Beale isn't more uh, more accommodating and, uh, and a bit more pally-pally? You know, that's the, that's typically the way it works. Um, so. Well I'm they've sure got they've, they've got aspects.
1: they've got eight or nine coaches to choose from if they need a mate, haven't yeah. they? So, so they've got them all covered, yeah. Hopefully what hopefully one of them's a nice bloke. Cut seems like yes. a good guy, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah, he does. People, yeah, fans, he can... the, the players love him, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's uh well, let's finish off then. Let's do the uh let's do a quick Villa Vault. Uh, so I'm going back we talked we talked about the,
1: it's just me this is going to be this is going to be dreadful today isn't
0: it all right <clears throat> I, won't, I, won't, I won't be too harsh um we will go back to 2010 I think it's 2010 yep January 23rd of January 2010 uh FA Cup game yeah Villa Brighton yeah Martin nearly era uh, is this the season we got to the semi final? I think it is, yeah. This is the season we got to the semi final of the FA Cup and lost to Chelsea when John Terry Knee broke John Mil- uh, James Milner's um, knee. I don't know if you remember that. Um, so no, this of was early on. I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> uh, so this is the fifth round of the FA Cup. Villa View Brighton. What was the score?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to say three two, but only because I'd already, <laughs> I'd already looked at it earlier. <laughs> but I have I promise I haven't looked at
0: anything else. I, I know. I know score. you looked. I know you looked at it. I was just trying to. Well, it. as I said in the head Make to head, good.
1: we've only played them. We've only played them 25 times or something. So even just looking at that, I saw most of the recent scores. So,
0: right. Uh, okay, so let's start. Um, who? Let's 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 go for the starting lineup then. For us, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a bear in mind it was a cup team, so oh, yeah, a, I'll give you a clue it was a, it was a mix, it was a mix, it was a mix of first team and second team players. Okay, um, who's in goal? Friedel, God, it's a cup game, come on, I That's know, the, bro,
1: yeah, yeah, but he played all those games in a row, didn't he? So I don't know, who was it, Enkelman? Who did we have then? I can't even remember,
0: <laughs> Enkelman, Jesus. Well, I can't believe we shouldn't have done the Villa Walt. This is I terrible. told you, like you know, <laughs> I don't know. Brad Guzan, obviously. Guzan, he came in play in 2010. Oh, I don't know, mate. All right, should we sack this off? <laughs> no, no,
1: carry on. Let's let me embarrass myself further. Why not?
0: <laughs> right, uh, right back. Is he a first teamer or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he played left back mainly. <coughs> oh, although God. he was a right, although, although he was a right back. Um, you know, how, you know, how Martin Neil like to play.
1: Inver- uh, inverted Inverted, inverted backs. Luke Young <laughs> Luke Young Yeah. Yes I got uh, one
0: Yes uh, In uh, Well I think Yeah it must be Centre back We've got another right back We signed around that time He didn't play too much Was on probably on 60 grand a week um, Played I think he was signed that season Hardly played for us That much um, His name uh, Was used as a pun For a popular celebratory song.
1: <sighs> Not Habib Bay. He wasn't playing at center off, yeah. was he?
0: Bloody yes, hell. he was. Yeah, Habib Bay.
1: Well, that's two I've got there. That's all right. I
0: just might <laughs> just hang up my boots now. And uh, then uh, the other centre-back was uh, first-team player. Again, The player that we assigned that season. Uh, if you re- if you recall, uh, Martin Larson had retired the season before. We had Curtis Davis uh, and Quella, I think, and Done. Yeah, Collins, Lewis. Collins, yeah, yeah, and then left back was our first choice left back throughout that season. Um, Scouser signed him from Blackburn. Oh, uh, Warnock, yeah, Warnock. Uh, right, midfield. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's second second choice centre midfielder, who we signed from Chelsea. Uh, and Chelsea. didn't see and we didn't didn't play that well. He scored a great goal on his I think it must have been his debut against Everton when we when we beat them 3 2. He scored the first goal.
1: No mate, I've got nothing. Ginger. Oh Steven Sidwell. Yes. Yeah, didn't he have some weird record though when we first signed him where like when we ever he played we won. Like even though yeah. he was always shit and I was just like, Well just play him, even if he's shit, we just win games. Yeah yeah. So, I, I also we, also oh we've playing... forgotten he came from Chelsea. It like, was um he was so good for Reddick wasn't he and that's how he ended up going to to Chelsea and then it all went a bit drink water for him didn't it really?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I think he was a bit better than Drinkwater. At least he scored a few goals. But oh yeah, I, I just know, mean wouldn't... in
1: terms of his career trajectory after career, signing yeah, for yeah, signing sure. for Chelsea. I, don't I think he played. It was, th- did he play for Fulham, Fulham afterwards? I think played for a, a, like a loaf of bread for us. I don't mean
0: no. I don't no. What's
1: Drinkwater no, no. doing now? Is he back at Chelsea? Was what is he still in a I'm contract no, at Chelsea? I
0: have no. I have no idea. Honestly, I know he did a he did a PR puff piece pre season to try and get a contract or try and get a team. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, Sidwell, I mean, I remember we played 4-5-1 a lot in this, I think it was this season. uh mm. part with Gabby up, up top by himself and Young playing as number 10. And for some reason, we were playing, we were winning games. We weren't playing amazing football or anything, but we were just effective. And then we changed it and uh so yeah. we went downhill after that. Um, other midfielder, Snake.
1: Oh, Fabian.
0: Uh, on the wings as our first choice wingers that season. Young and... Milner, was it? Did you have Milner Mi- then? Mi- yeah, Milner played centre mid though. He wasn't playing. Wasn't playing the wing. We signed someone da- else that season. Was it
1: Downing? Did you have him already by then?
0: Yeah, Downing. And then up top, uh, young young prodigy at that time who didn't end up doing anything. The Fons. The Fons. Yep. Excellent. You scored, didn't uh, he? He did. That was, yeah. I was my next question. That was my next question. He did <laughs> score. Another one. Okay. Wow. And uh, so I won't go through all the scorers. So uh, delfonso oh, yeah. scored. Ashley Young scored, and Fabian Delph scored. Yeah, uh, we won three two. A there is a Villa Villa link here. Um, oh, is there? one of their players? Who's who scored Brighton's first goal? A Villa a Villa former Villa captain, actually.
1: I can't think of anyone who played for us and Brighton, former captain. No, mate. Oh, you, just, you have to put me out of my misery on that. Uh,
0: I'll give you a quick clue. Yeah, give me another um, clue. He also played for Bournemouth. So he played for, play for Brighton, then he played for Bournemouth, then he played for Villa. In the Championship. No. Tommy Alphick.
1: Ah. Yeah, well. There you go. I bet, uh, you know, Max will be disappointed with that. He'll be delighted to have had his uh, anecdote on the pod, but as a former yeah. cherry himself... In a, and film yeah. that down. But, well, I didn't do too bad there, to be honest. Did you uh, bad. Didn't do bad. A lot, lot of clues. To got be off to a got off to a ropey start. Yes, I did need quite a few clues, uh, but I did. I, th- get, I think you, I did. You saved get a yourself for with the fun Yeah, and I, yeah. I did get the, the font scored in, as well. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but let's let's not ever do that again. If it's just me and you, I don't think. All <laughs>
0: uh, right. Okay. Sorry, Best everyone. Point. Best point was the manager there. At that time, I remember that Brighton were. Uh, I think they just moved to the Amex then, didn't they? I think mm. they were. Uh, they were. They were doing pretty well that season. Uh, yeah, good. Well, um, I've, well, actually, we didn't do one thing. We didn't do What's predictions. That? Oh, predictions. predictions. Yeah.
1: Um, I am going to say we're not going to lose. Oh, I don't think we're going to lose. Uh, just because I think um, as much to do with Brighton's form going into it as it is to do with with ours. Um,
0: and, whoa,
1: do I go for a draw or a win. I think we're gonna win, but it's gonna be a tight game. One nil.
0: Uh I was gonna go for exactly the same, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Good. I think I think I think it will be a tight game. Um I'm hoping Gerard gets our defensive shape. I think that's something you can work on quite ki- quite quickly, right? In terms of yeah, maybe not maybe. pattern, maybe not maybe not pattern of plays and um in the attacking. Maybe, but
1: sense, as, but... as quickly as two days uh, i mean yeah, i suppose maybe he's got like defensively i sp- well i suppose he hasn't got two of the first choice back four as he and he hasn't got the keeper so so um so yeah i don't know um so, yeah it's, I know. it's difficult it's difficult isn't it um yeah so i don't think we can expect too much but anyway even if even if nothing had changed and smith was still here we'd still go into this game uh, I think expected to to win. So even if he basically sends them out with Smith's tactics and he doesn't change anything, especially if we've got a couple of players back, you know, you know your Louises and and people like that. Plus, you know, we haven't talked about Triore. He's, you know, is he going to be back? Even if that's just off the bench, we've yeah. talked about how he's, you know, if it is a tight game, he's exactly the sort of player that you want to have coming off uh, coming off the bench. Um, one thing I will uh, just mention is I really hope El Ghazi doesn't start. To be honest, ever, <laughs> ever again.
0: <laughs> so like I just you've lost lost all faith in him.
1: Ah, uh, I mean I know he scored ten goals last season, and we we talked about you know, and he is icy cool from the penalty spot, and 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 so on and so forth. But I that Southampton game, you know, he was so poor, and he just like. Uh, I know part of where his 10 goals came from last season is his uh, propensity to shoot from fucking anywhere. But, God, it's an annoying when most of them end up in the in the standard. I, look, I'm grateful for what he's done for the club. He was very good for us in the championship. Obviously, scored in the playoff final, all of that. Um, I, but I I really hope we've outgrown him Um yeah, you know, uh, and I know we've had a lot of injuries, and he wouldn't be starting if everyone was fit. But just like, play. I, I would rather see one of the one of the kids, uh, you know, Filigi Bidace or someone like that, start in future ahead of ahead of El Ghazi. It's just it's such a frustrating performance, and there's been too many of them.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's fair. I mean, I, I love El Ghazi, uh and uh, like you say, he's done a lot for this club. I know you club.
1: do, mate. Sorry. Yeah,
0: but I, I agree. I completely agree. I've said I said it last season, like even before he scored the ten goals, I said, you know, we, we can't be relying on El Ghazi every game if we want to progress. Uh, and I think we're at that next stage now where we shouldn't even have him in the squad. Um, yeah. to be honest. Um we've got enough there now. Um especially we, I think Philogene Bidesz is a or much all around, is a much can be a much better player, or all around player as well. Obviously he's still young, so it's not I'm not saying he's a better player, not right now, but I'd rather give him the time to develop and become a better player, yeah. Than, than play El Ghazi and and you know you know what you're going to get with El Ghazi. Let's be honest. If he's on song, then potentially he's going to put in a good performance, but that's very rare. So I'd rather give Philogene Bedes a chance to, you know, maybe have a, a game where he plays a game of his life, or maybe it'll just be another step in his development. I'd rather yeah, even do that off, long even time.
1: off the bench. To be honest, I'd rather see Philogene Bedes coming on than than El Ghazi at this point in. It, you know, in our in our development. And I think we have got to start using the young players more, otherwise we're not going to keep hold of them. It's as simple as that. Um, and they've all yeah. got very high potential, well not all, but the ones that are getting on the bench are very high potential players and uh, we don't want to end up wasting that that talent. And, you know, the, El Ghazi was linked in the summer. They were, they were saying that there were players interested. If someone comes in with £10 million in January, I'd snap their hands off.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I saw Trez was in training as well, although yeah. probably early, early part of his training. So that's good news as well. Um, but yeah, we'll guess we'll see. Uh, and uh, that's it from us, really. Uh, mm. Not as boister- not as boisterous as our normal pod, but obviously we're missing a couple of characters. Um, but entertaining nonetheless, informative as ever. Thank you, AJ. Thanks, mate. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, next week. Um, I think I'm going to, the, the post-match rant is just going to be cut. I don't, I don't think there's any point. It's very difficult to get everyone to send in their stuff, uh, especially the last five or six games where we've been losing. I don't think anyone wants to talk about the game afterwards. So uh, um, I think we're just going to stick to one 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 a week and then maybe the other special episode now and again when we get a guest on. So we'll be back next week and we'll do the usual review this game, preview the next game. Do the hero and villain, etc., etc., and uh, hopefully we'll have the boys back. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time as ever, and um, please do subscribe. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're on, follow us on at Villa Podcast or on, Word on Twitter. Uh, I nearly forgot our Twitter handle there, um, and uh, <laughs> and in, <laughs> I say so often, I can't believe I forgot it. You can tell, I've, mm. you can tell I've not been going on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, uh, Instagram at the Villa Talks. Um, And uh, please remember this pod is sponsored by MeBay Digital, local digital marketing company based in Birmingham. And apart from that, up the new era, up Stephen Gerrard. Let's look forward to uh, Saturday and up the villa. Up the villa. I love it. Mas não pode te